Welcome to The Everglow, a podcast with real advice you can actually use to live a better, happier life, especially if you're an empath. No burning sage, no crystals, no BS. Join me as I travel the world sharing the valuable lessons I learn. Hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening to this to get new episode updates. What is going on, everybody? Mr. International up here on the house. And uh, it's been a long, it's been far too long since I dropped the podcast on you. But you know what? I'm here chilling in the hotel in Calcutta, now affectionately known as Kolkata. Um, you know, just waiting for some things to happen. Uh, it's hot as hell outside and I love it. Probably going to see my cousin a bit later, but I had some free time and I thought, you know, what better time to put some lessons out there and drop some science on you. Unlike, you know, other times when I've had time and not done anything. So why not do it now? Especially when I'm in such a serene and special place like India. So I have tons of updates for you guys in my my own life. Uh, I'm not going to totally do them now for a bunch of reasons, but um, I am in India for a particular reason. Uh, It's it's been a whirlwind of... uh, a month. I spent three weeks in the Philippines from Cebu City all the way to Coron to Manila and back to Cebu City. That was really just a vacation for me. Um, now that things are opening up, I'm trying to release that pent-up travel energy. So I'm probably going overboard this year to catch up for the last couple of years where I've just been relegated to going to the, you know, going to Hawaii and Mexico and stuff like that. Um, but uh, anyway, so the Philippines was fantastic. Uh, I got, you know, I got to got to knock a couple things off the bucket list. Barracuda Lake up in Caron, highly recommend. Just you know, stunning. Like the picture, even the pictures look stunning. But when you're there, obviously, you're feeling the energy and you have the visuals. So highly recommend going to Palawan, uh, specifically Buswanga Island, and uh, checking that out. Now there's another another area called El Nido. But um, I don't know. I, I I keep hearing about all these travel bloggers and hipsters going there, so I thought, fuck that. I don't, you know, I don't want to go there. And I was kind of glad I went to Buswanga, which is the second island, the northern island, because actually I was surprised at how underdeveloped it was or undeveloped. I thought when I heard Palawan and Corona, I thought that area would have been super built up, and it's really not. Um, there's only a couple major, or not even major. There are only a couple decent hotels there, and. Not a lot of restaurant choices, which was fantastic. Actually, I like the I like the authenticity, the nativity of the place, if you will. So, anyways, I'm going on a sidetrack. Now I'm in. Uh, I I went back to LA for an entire week to try to catch up on work. That was really stressful. Trying to organize everything in in a week's time and uh, catch up on work. Only now to leave again. So I flew to Singapore yesterday. I was in Singapore for a day. I spent a night there. Um, man, I hadn't been there since 2005, but man, I forgot how incredible that, that that's gotta be the most modern and cleanest city slash country on the planet. I mean, everybody's so friendly. Um, it's just got such a great and cool vibe. It's almost supernatural, surreal being there. But what I did do is I went on a little bit of a food tour because I'm not sure if you know this, but Singapore is home to, um, a number of street 
food vendors that actually have a Michelin star. Now, I'm not one to fall for gimmicks, but I am curious what's so great about these food cart, these food stalls that have, you know, those infamous Michelin stars. Now, they were really good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but they weren't the greatest I've ever had in my life, but they're really good. Don't get me for, you know, for what you pay. So I had a lot of fun in Singapore eating and walking around Chinatown endlessly. And of course, visiting the hotel, sorry, the, uh, not the hotel, what do you call it? The airport, the Changi airport, which, wow, I'll put some pictures on my website about it, but I mean, that airport is next level. There's literally like this massive waterfall from the roof. I, I, I won't even get into it. You just have to see it. And, uh, here I am in Calcutta. Um, staying at the Hyatt, beautiful, unbelievable breakfast. I mean, but I'm waiting for my dad and brother to fly in. They're flying in in a couple of days. So I thought I would just hide out here and, uh, you know, collect my thoughts and things like that while I wait for them and whatever, maybe drink some mango lassies. So that's a bit of a recap of what's been going on with me. Uh, and to that end, I thought I would do the, today's podcast on friendships and your personal sanctity now one of my best friends told me something important and it's very true he's like if you ever look at all the times you've ever been stressed not just me but in general you get stressed in life it's almost always or perhaps it's always involving something somebody else has done so it always involves interactions with strangers friendships family those are the things that are really the drivers of the stress in your life most of the time because of some, something somebody else has done. And, you know, last year I went through a little bit of a thing where, man, I hope they're not listening. <laughs> if they are, that's fine. You know, who cares? One of my dearest, dearest friends from years ago, like him and a family member of his came uh, to visit and I was so excited. I had, hadn't seen him in so many years and the guy's like, the best friend, bestest friend you could ever have. Like, you know, some people say, oh, this guy's like my best friend. Like, but not many people that are your friends really have your back. Like in the sense, you know, even physically where they're, they're, they would like beat the crap out of somebody on your behalf kind of guy. Like that's what this guy is to me. Like he's just got your back. If you had nowhere to stay, you could knock on his door. He'd be there for you. Like that's the kind of friendship I have with this guy. And uh, so obviously I reciprocate. Because I understand the dynamic. But what ended up happening last year was something interesting. He had to come and it was a little bit unexpected for me. And it ended up, he ended up coming during a week when I, I was overwhelmed. I had a lot of stuff going on at home, business, otherwise. And it was probably the, literally the worst week of the year that he could possibly come. Him coming wasn't a big deal. He was coming with a family member that needed some stuff. So I had some appointments in LA and... You know, they originally they were coming for just a few days, and even that almost sent me into a nervous breakdown, just because of how overwhelmed I was at the time. And when they were going to come for th three days, I thought, "Fuck, oh well, I can get through this." Now, unfortunately, here's what happened: three days turned into a month, like a month. And I, I was, I, I, I just started openly cracking at the seams as time kept going on because it's not that he, they, he was a problem. They're incredibly generous, the best guests you could really have, or at least he was. The problem is when you work from home, 
people have a, a hard time, his family member that he brought them, they, they don't seem to understand that when you work from home, that doesn't mean that because your body is there physically that you're available. You're not, you know, you're not available to chat anytime they see you. And so I was in this, I, I be, it became a problem for me because every time I'd walk through my house to even just go to my office, it would become this long conversation where I had to listen to them. I had to listen to them ask me questions and this, that, and the other. And it wasn't my friend, it was his family member. And it's, it, it was, you know, them being the elder, I couldn't really, I had a hard time just cutting them off and saying, please, can you just stop talking? <laughs> I'm busy. And uh, I was so overwhelmed. Long story short, one of my best other best friends told me something really important. And this is what my, really my lesson for today is for you. Because I, I kept trying to justify this, this long and lengthy stay. I kept trying to justify it as, well, they would do it for me. The interesting thing is I would never ask somebody to do something like that for me. But notwithstanding that, the problem I had was... Um, you know, me not setting boundaries and whatnot, because it's not like I'm in high school or undergrad anymore, where it's easy for me just to say, let people come and stay. That was fun. And I looked forward to it 15 years ago. Um, but I can't do it anymore. Like now I, I, and I'm hoping people are listening. I don't want to have guests anymore. Like if people want to come to LA most certainly I'd be happy to recommend some hotels, but I'm at a different point in my life where I don't have that flexibility. I don't have that bandwidth to use a more current term to host people and to go to the Getty Center, Santa Monica Pier, Third Street Promenade, and the Griffith Park Observatory, and then downtown LA sightseeing. Because when people come on vacation to visit in LA, I and they stay with me, I end up having to take a vacation when I'm not on vacation and I don't have time to, and it's just too overwhelming. Um, so to reciprocate on that point, I also now will no longer ever ask to stay in anybody's house when I travel either, because quite frankly, I'm at a point in my life where I actually prefer just to stay in a nice hotel and have my my own space and. Now that I've been through it, I also see what a burden it is at this stage in my friends' lives for me to stay at their homes because they have families and, and whatever. So my friend, my really good friend, other best friend, he said something important while I was kind of cracking at the seams and trying to justify my friends who were staying with me over, like they just weren't leaving. Um, and it was just, it kept put, putting so much pressure on me because I just, I kind of wanted just my regular routine back. He said something important to me. He said, well, I tried to justify it by virtue of the fact that, hey, you know, they would do it for me. You know, I, I, I know I could walk into their home at any, any time and they would have me with open arms. My friend said something important. He said, I don't want friends like that. He said, I don't want to have friends that are so close with me at this stage in my life where they feel I could just walk into my house and stay with me for as long as they want. And then he said something very pivotal which stuck with me and I, I rehash it in my mind often including just today he said if I have to sacrifice or lose a friendship in order to maintain my own peace my own peace of mind 
and my well-being, my mental health, then I'm willing to sacrifice that friendship and I would rather sacrifice that friendship than sacrifice myself. And, you know, it's really important, that lesson, because when my friend and his family member left, finally, um, you're not going to believe what happened. I had put myself under so much stress from them being there and I'd felt so overwhelmed. Uh, and part of the overwhelming actually relates to, you know, me being an empath and what this whole show is about or this podcast is about, because what happened is my friend's family member who was there, you know, they were there because she was getting um, medical tests done. And I think she legit thought she may be dying or I don't know what, but she was actually okay. And I, I, I kind of knew the whole time she was okay. I think she may be just somebody that, not a hypochondriac, but somebody that maybe over dramatizes issues. But anyhow, um, I think what was happening the whole time they were there is I was absorbing, as an empath, I was absorbing all of her anxiety, which was tremendous, right? Like she was there for medical testing and she kept going for all these medical tests day in, day out, day in, day out. And I was absorbed by being in her close proximity, being under the same roof, I was absorbing all of that anxiety that she had. And when they finally left, like she, you know, she bought me this beautiful gift and was telling me what an amazing experience it was staying at my house. Cause she, she normally stays at, you know, they, they were not staying at my house to save money. I mean, they're extraordinarily, although they won't talk about it, which says a lot They're Let's just say they, are wealthy. <laughs> I'll put it that mildly. So, and she had never stayed at somebody's house. They always stay at fancy hotels. Um, but she was saying what a great experience it was staying at my house. Now, what people don't realize is, and me being an empath, is people, whenever they come to my house, whoever it is, it's very hard to get them to leave. Um, I've even had friends that have gone to the extent of just self-inviting and booking tickets to come and stay <laughs> and they stay at my house almost with the presumption that they're going to stay there without even any um what's the word any concern over whether it's convenient for me heaven forbid you ask the guy who actually lives there whether it's convenient if they stay with you but anyways that's another episode and uh anyhow um she was saying what a great experience it was and the thing is uh, people always seem to have a good, good experience being around me in my own home because I'm busy absorbing whatever it is that they're going through. So they automatically feel better because the sponges they're absorbing the negative energy, number one. And number two is a lot of times people don't realize that it, um, they don't realize the inconvenience because they think there's so much space, but what they don't realize is that when I have a guest, I shrink. Like I purposely make myself smaller in my own home to give them space and to make them comfortable. But then I think that makes them think, oh, it's no big deal that they're there when in fact, I'm kind of like, oh man, where are these people leaving? <laughs> so anyways, I don't get too personal with that stuff. Um, but long, you know, the point of the matter is when they left here, you're not going to believe what happened. About two days later, um, I couldn't get up. Like I literally, I had to lie down on the floor and I couldn't get up. Like, I don't know what was wrong with me. I, I was, it's not that I was physically paralyzed, but I was in excruciating pain to the point where if I even tried to like even raise 
my hand, my arm an inch to try to prop myself up. I couldn't do it. It was insane. I just, it was nothing that had never happened to me before. And so I couldn't even really sleep because I had to sleep at a bizarre angle where there wasn't pain. Um, I don't know what was going on. And about two or three days later, when the pain subsided a little bit, I was able to drag my ass to um, one of the chiropractors that I'm friends with. And she checked me out. And right away, she said, I didn't have to take my shirt off. She's like, you're having a major back spasm. I'm like, I am. She's like, yeah, you have a giant knot in your upper back on your shoulder above your shoulder blade. I'm like, I do. She's like, yeah, you must have had some major injury. I'm like, no, I've never had a major. I've never had any injury. I said, well, could this be caused from stress? Because I had been stressing myself out so much. I was like having a major anxiety from my guests that had been there. They'd left at this point. And she said, well, yeah, it's possible, but it's very rare. And I'm like, oh, it's not going to be rare for a guy like me because that's how much what what it probably had happened. I, I had absorbed so much energy from my friend's family member. It had manifested itself physically in my back, uh, believe it or not. She's like, yeah, that's very possible because um, I had never, I've never had an injury. And so anyways, you know, over time, she gave me a little bit of therapy and over a week or two, it finally went, you know, subsided enough, um, you know, that knot in my back where things were kind of all right. And man, the first thing I did is I booked a trip to Tulum and I just took off. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck this. I just left because I just wanted to be alone. Um, even though they were gone at that point, I just had to go, you know, I purposely got a cool little boutique hotel in the you know with as much foliage and greenery around me instead of going to the beach i i just felt like i wanted to be shielded within like a kind of jungle enclosure and that's what i got and man wow like wonders it did wonders for me so you know that's what today's lesson is about let me reiterate it's about just putting yourself first my mom always taught me this for my whole life she kept saying always put yourself first you always take care of everybody else always put yourself first and so you know, I decided in October, I'm going to start doing that. Like I talked about it and I said I would do it, but now I'm actually doing it and I'm doing it at another level, that level being where it's a take no prisoners level. Is my pendulum swinging a little too far to the right? Maybe, but I'd rather do that and maintain my, my peace of mind. Um, so for example, before I would stretch myself thin, just to accommodate friends, clients, whatever. Now I'm kind of at a new point, a new level in my life where I'm not even going to stretch myself thin anymore. Um, and if I find myself doing that, I'm going to quickly shut it down uh, so that I don't stretch myself thin just to accommodate everybody else's problems and things like that. Because it just, it was, it's always been taking its toll on me. And I just, I know, yes, I did always realize it, but I could always shoulder it. But I just thought this sucks. Like I, I w it wasn't making me happy. I was just, I felt often like a, an automaton, like a robot, you know, I'd be doing a hundred things and then like usual, somebody would have some emergency and they're like, Oh, can you do this now? No, I can't fucking do this now. You do it <laughs> like as though I don't have a million other things to do. So now, you know, I've been really just focusing on if I have a lot of things to do and somebody needs something, um, that's just what it is. I'm going to get to that when I need to get to it, but I'm not going to do it now even. And that even stretches to my immediate family, um, where when they, you know, they need something, you know, I'm going to be there for them, but I'm just, I can't keep, especially if it's not an actual emergency, I'm not just going to keep clearing the schedule out of, of all the things I need to do to take care of myself 
my physical being and my mental being first. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you some fascinating things that have happened since October. Ever since October, I started where I started really putting myself first. And this really starts in February again. Re, it re-kick starts in February, but since October, amazing things have been happening for me um, in my my business, my profession. I'll get into that the details a little bit later, but suffice it to say, since I started just focusing on prioritizing my goals instead of everybody else's goals, um, I've been attracting some amazing things with uh, in my professional life. And I see some pretty big things happening, number one. Number two is, uh, the second part of that equation is in February, I decided I wanted to, and I've always been a, a health guy, a fitness guy. I go to the gym all the time. But I decided to take it to a different, another level and different in February. I actually went on a keto diet. And I'm yes, for those that know me, I'm pretty skinny to begin with. Keto diets were not made for me. But I wanted to get shredded in my midsection. So I thought, okay, let me see if I can do that. And I, I tried keto. And I won't even get into that diet yet. <laughs> I would talk to you about it. But it, it worked great in some regards. And then... It, I kind of crash landed, so I, I I went off of it. I'm still on a low carb diet, uh, obviously not right now while I'm traveling. It's very hard to do, but uh, you know, I, I, long story short, I am keeping the carbs low, and I'm I have a I'm, I'm working out very differently at the gym now. But more importantly, I go every day, um, like clockwork, which I always did, frankly. But I w- I didn't work out like I I do now, and. Uh, the other thing is I, I have a crazy diet now where, you know, I'm, I'm extraordinarily diligent about what I'm eating. I was always careful with what I was eating, probably more than 90% of the people. But now I'm it's to another level where now I'm actually in, making, you know, significant investment in my diet where, you know, I, I go to a specialized restaurant every day. I, I eat s- certain meats and certain vegetables. And honestly, the results have been incredible. Like, let me just say this. Food is medicine. You probably heard that expression, but let me reiterate it. Food is medicine. Like I, I look at my body now and I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe I look like that in some regard. And then secondly, in such a short time, and then just everything uh, about how I'm functioning is like, I feel like I have unlimited energy now. And that was just from like a shift, a small shift in diet, which is another lesson for you. Um, you don't have, sometimes people think, oh, they have to reinvent the wheel or just change everything and you know redo everything in their life to make changes you don't and i think i've said this in other podcasts you can make some pretty staggering improvements in your life by even just making a five or ten percent adjustment in one area so if there's something you're struggling with whether it's your job maybe you can't find the job of your dreams maybe you just need to change one little thing on your resume honestly or maybe you need to change something in when you're interviewing or something like that or you know if you're trying to find a relationship it doesn't mean you have to start you have to move to another city to have a better pool of suitors that you could date (laughs) you you may just need to like literally change your fucking profile picture on your your dating website profile or whatever people use these days okay so don't feel like you need to always reinvent the wheel and the same goes for everything in your life so there, you can make some minor adjustments to get some pretty uh, major yields out of those adjustments. So that's my lesson really for today as I sit here in my hotel room in Calcutta, um, waiting for my dad and brother. What a nice view of the city. I'm gonna put that on the on the blog post as well, on the website, but 
you know, focus on yourself. And I, you know, some of you may think, some of my Canadian friends may be thinking, man, this guy's gone full one. This guy's gone full American on us. <laughs> because, you know, in Canada, we always think Americans are more just like for themselves. And that that's kind of true to a degree. But I also understand, you also have to understand your station in life and where you are. And, you know, if you don't start living your life and pursuing, pursuing your dreams because you're busy helping everybody else pursue theirs and always putting your prior, you know, putting what you need to do second to everybody, I promise you, you're never going to achieve what you want to achieve. And you're most certainly never going to uh, achieve your greatness that you have within you. And I know you have it, right? Because you, 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 you're thinking enough to be listening to self-improvement podcasts like this. So honestly, when are you going to say enough is enough? I'm tired of playing second fiddle to everybody else's emotions, everybody else's needs. You know, like, just try it. And I've said this before. Go through a day doing whatever makes you happy first. And don't worry about the other person's feelings or expectations. Just do what makes you happy without worrying about the fallout. Let the chips fall where they may. How else are you supposed to live? As an empath, you're just going to be a robot for the rest of your life. So that's what I'm going to leave you with. Your practice, if you will. Your practice is being and doing you without any guilt. Good luck with that. <laughs> okay. And by the way, this is just the tail end of the podcast. I actually started recording this almost a year and a half ago, but I'm finally getting back into uh, tweaking some of these so I can release them. So I hope you've been, you've, you know, I appreciate you being patient and I, ho I hope this one finds you guys well and uh, you learn something from it because listening to these back, I also remind myself um, how important it is to to keep practicing these things you know because it's very easy to fall back into your regular ways so that's for now hope you guys have a great one and i'll see you on the next one